Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday in Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show on this Big Red Monday. Big Red loss yesterday by the Arizona Cardinals in the opener. 44-21. <laughs> Getting humiliated. That makes me laugh when you do that. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was red rum yesterday. Um, that game was didn't have a hint of competition at all. Not a wisp of it being oh, the, the final call from Dave Pass. He's like, it's 44-21 and frankly it doesn't feel like it was even that close. It doesn't no, feel like it no. was that close. It was 14-7 at one point when the Cardinals got that Connor touchdown but there was nothing about yesterday's game that felt like the Cardinals were competitive. And, and while Gambo, we've spent most of the time, rightfully so, railing on the defense, railing on the fact they didn't sack Mahomes, they didn't pressure Mahomes, they blitzed Mahomes, and he kills the blitz. They didn't intercept Patrick Mahomes. The other elements of this game, which clearly doesn't deserve nearly as much of the blame, but we have to talk about his Cardinals offense. Because while the Cardinals offense was just okay yesterday, if there was a responsibility for them to stay in this game, it was kind of on the offense, knowing that the defense just wasn't yeah. going to be up to the task. Yeah. And, and the offense, they had to be special yesterday to get into some kind of a shootout, and it just wasn't there. No, I was listening. I, there's not many positives to take out of this game, but I, I thought Greg Dorch was really good. I mean, nine targets, seven catches, 63 yards. Um, Hollywood Brown had six targets. He had four catches for 43 yards. But look, overall, I mean, the offense to me was more dink and dunk than anything else. I yep. mean, nine of Murray's completions were at or behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was dink and dunk. I mean, they tacked on two touchdowns late when the game was out of hand. I mean, I was just blown away by the fact that in the first half, they didn't tag, uh, they didn't target Zacherts once. They only t- targeted A.J. Green once. I mean, I thought that this would be cleared up by now. I thought you'd move the ball around and spread it around. Like, look, you, you knew you were going to throw it because you got down early and you were down. I mean, James Conner, only 10 carries for 26 yards in the game. There was no balance. It was more passing than it was running. But look, we know this. I mean, they're going to have to win shootouts to win football games. And they will. Like, they will be there will be Mondays that we come in here and the Cardinals scored 30-something points and they want to shoot out because their offense is going to be talented enough to do that. It wasn't yesterday. Um, but I think it would also be better for them if they can you know, and, and I, I didn't understand. And I will just say this: okay. when it happened, I didn't understand the decision to defer in the second half. I don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball to start. I don't want to play from behind. I want to play from ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I against Kansas City, I probably would have said, and I thought this when it happened. I don't know how you felt, but I probably would have said, "Let me have the ball." Again, not that anything would have mattered, but I would have rather had the ball. Yeah, than let can and 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 let my offense go to work. Knowing that I've got to win a shootout, and I'd rather get ahead than play from behind. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that. I didn't have that thought yesterday because I'm so used to Cliff Kingsbury deferring, deferring when he wins. Right, I mean, but not it's, against them. It's it's like I don't even think of it. it doesn't even register anymore. Like it's almost I'm, I'm on autopilot at the beginning of the game, or I don't think. Huh? I wonder if they should take the ball here, or if they should defer. But you're right. I, I think in that moment, it might have been wise to give your offense a chance to establish itself. Yeah. Without the 
pressure of, oh, crap, our defense is awful let's, today. We're going to have to get in a shootout to win this game. Let's set our own tone for this game. Let's come out of the gate. Let's take yeah. it. Let's Rather have them down their throat and score seven points yeah. and let them have to play catch-up. Yep, I, I, and Early. I probably need to think about that a little bit more. It's just with Cliff, I don't. I just know he defers. That's what he does. Kyler yesterday was fine. He was okay. He was fine. He was, he was fine. just he was yeah. okay. He he didn't make any major mistakes with the football. He was under a lot of pressure. Um, that that young Chiefs defense. They got their hands on a lot of balls. They defended what seven passes. They sacked him three times. The protection up front wasn't good. The numbers from Pro Football Focus kind of bared it out. But Rodney Hudson did not have a very good game. Sean Harlow did not have a very good game. Kyler Murray, I think the pressure early got to him. In order for that game to have actually been a competitive game, it required Kyler Murray to be special. He wasn't even two zip codes away from special yesterday. I mean, it wasn't even close. I wasn't worried about, hey, Rondell Moore's not going to play. I mean, Greg Dortch was fine, right? He was fine. Um, I thought that they should have got Ertz and A.J. Green involved, especially Ertz, involved in the game plan a little bit earlier, and they didn't do that. Uh, Hollywood Brown, I mean, you look at some of the receivers that had great, A.J. Brown and Jefferson and Tyreek Hill and Christian Kirk. I know we're going to talk more NFL tomorrow, but there are a lot of receivers that went out there and got targeted a lot and did good things. I, I mean, I would have, I would have went to the well all day every day with Hollywood Brown. Let's go, let's go, me and you, let's go. We can, we can, we can, put, we can punish this defense. They didn't do it. They didn't punish no. Kansas City's defense at any point in that game. And it was Dinky and it was Donkey, and and that's that is what we talk about this season being a continuation from last, just with the results and how you know poorly they played. It felt like the offense was a continuation from last year. It felt Dinky. It felt Donkey. It didn't. We were comparing big plays earlier. The Cardinals had a couple, but not nearly enough, right? They had like two or three plays longer than 20 yards, and that's it. There didn't feel like to be any real downfield attack, but I, I do the one thing I will say, I do think the injuries, I don't think affected them much defensively. I think that was pretty much the team you're going to see defensively like yesterday, outside of when they get J.J. Watt back. Offensively, Man, that left guard situation was a mess. I think not having Rondale Moore kind of threw off the operation a little bit. Not having DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, they should be used to that. But they were, I thought, playing with a little bit of a short deck offensively yesterday because of what was happening on the offensive line and because of Rondale Moore being such a late addition to the injury list. I thought offensively they were playing with a little bit of a shorthand yesterday and that impacted them. I felt better about the depth on offense than I do on defense. Corner goes down. Defensive lineman goes down. I don't think that they've got. I mean, they're shorthanded as it is with the what they have. I just felt like they, there's guys. There's guys that they can get the ball to. They still had A.J. Green and Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz and Max Williams and uh, Dorch. They still had guys to make plays. I mean, they just didn't. They just didn't. I mean, it, the, the mindset's got to be like, we got to score a touchdown almost well, every time we get the ball. And and we can, we can agree to disagree, but we'll agree on that, is that with that defense, even at its best, we don't think it's going to be very good. They've got to score points. They've got to score points. I mean, it's just that's their. Yeah, how many games will they win scoring under thirty? Yeah, I mean that's a fair point. How many games can they win scoring under thirty? I don't think there's going to be very many. I really don't because I just don't think this defense can be any good. I just don't think it's going to be good enough for you to rely on them to win football games for you. You're going to have to score in order to to make up for how bad your defense is going to be. Like it's non-negotiable this year. It, there will be a couple of games where the defense actually plays well, and they're playing a good team that's not very good, and you know they don't that, that team scores. Like 
Do I think that the Cardinals will hold a team under 24 points this year? Yeah, I think it'll happen oh, once or twice. Sure. But over the course of 17 games, I think the majority of the games the Cardinals are going to win are going to have to be by scoring yep. 30 points. Because that pass rush is... I mean, what pass rush? The, the one that blitzed Patrick Mahomes fifty four percent. Yeah, they of the still time. had no sacks. Yeah, they still had no sacks, and he had four touchdown passes against the blitz. Like the right. one guy in this league, you might want to think twice about before you blitz. They blitzed him half. No, the time. people play seven, eight teams in coverage against Patrick Mahomes. The Cardinals decided to blitz all game long. Yeah. I don't get it, but that was their philosophy. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, how much of the blame from yesterday falls on coaching? And we're really going to get into the curious comments from Cliff and from Kyler about their level of preparedness for yesterday. Plus, we're going to talk about the roster construction as well. Next segment promises to be fun. Coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Then there's the question of how prepared this team was. And Cliff Kingsbury, when he was on with Wolf and Luke today, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, was asked the question, were they ready to play in week one? That they knew week one was coming, but I, I think the level of play that um, the Chiefs played at was was uh, a step above probably what they anticipated. You know, I don't think they saw what was coming, and um, it woke us up, there's no doubt. It showed how far we had to come in a short time to get ready to compete in this league, and uh, hopefully um, we show that on Sunday. What? How? Like, did, like, did he really say that? How? Step above what we anticipated? Play what with. did you anticipate? Like, I would it's like, what did you anticipate? It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It's the Chiefs. They, they perpetually Andrew compete Reed. for Super Bowl championships they, every year. They're Benny great every year. Every year. What did you anticipate? We didn't, what was the second part? We didn't. I'll play it again for you here. Yeah. I, I want to play it again. That they knew week one was coming, but I, I think the level of play that um, the Chiefs played at was was uh, a step above probably what they anticipated. You know, I don't think they saw what was coming, and um, it woke us up. There's no doubt. It showed how far we have to come in a short time to get ready to compete in this league, and uh, hopefully, um, we show that on Sunday. Didn't see what was coming. Did you not watch film? I think Cliff needs the homework clause, not Kyler. <laughs> I might be Cliff. Maybe they gave the wrong guy the homework clause. And I did didn't they didn't see, I saw. I think he said saw. I would say that didn't saw what was coming. I don't think they saw what was coming. Like how? How? How does? I, I it's, mean, it's Patrick Mahomes if, for if, goodness if sake. You want to say that when you're playing the Bears and the Bears have this unbelievable game? Okay, you can say you know we didn't really see that one coming. The Bears played out of their minds. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's not that hard to see yeah, that perennial coming. Perennial playoff contenders. Yeah, it's not. It's not that hard to understand that they're really, really good. And especially, I mean, for goodness sakes. You and I knew what kind of player Patrick Mahomes was in week one of the season, let alone for the rest of the season. We saw the week one numbers for Patrick Mahomes. We knew how good he was going to be. We knew, but it wasn't, it wasn't just Cliff. It was, 
this comment, and I was in the media room last night when he said it, and I was baffled by this too. Kyler Murray on Sunday's loss, and I'm reading from Josh Weinfuss's Twitter account, but I was there in the room when he said it too. Quote, I think it was good for us for this to happen to us. You can't feel yourself in this league. You get embarrassed, and that's kind of what happened today. How many more wake-up calls do you need? Can't keep hearing. I mean, can't how, keep hearing that. How many more? Hey, you know what? No, this was good for us. We kind of needed a, a little ego check to remind it. What? Last year's loss to the Rams in the playoffs wasn't humiliating enough? I mean, can we get the, I mean, if we, if we got the cuts from those games down the stretch, it's a lot of the same stuff. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I don't want to hear this like more than once or twice more for the rest of the season. Last year's loss to the Lions wasn't embarrassing enough. Last that year's loss to the Colts wasn't yeah. embarrassing enough. I, I mean, how many, at some point, <laughs> you, you have had teenage children. I had teenage children. You know, at some point, they keep hitting the snooze bar because they want to roll over and go back to sleep. It's like, get up or don't, right? But quit hitting the snooze bar. Quit hitting the snooze on your alarm. At some point, the alarm can only go off so many times before you realize you're just not getting out of bed. Do you know I've never once hit the snooze bar on the alarm? I don't, I've never understood the, the concept of it. <laughs> the alarm goes off when I want to get up. So when the alarm goes off, I'm getting up. You, I don't understand the concept of having the alarm go off only to go back to sleep. Why would you want it to wake you up so you could go back to sleep? You, my friend, are not a teenager. Because anybody who has a teenager knows that if you're within earshot of their room, you hear their alarm going off, then you hear it go off. Ten minutes later, and then it goes off five minutes later. But why? Later, why would you want to wake? Just wake. They just, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to okay, wake up. Okay, well, let's set the alarm for a time up. that you want to wake up so you could sleep straight through instead of <laughs> fall asleep, wake up, fall asleep, wake up, fall asleep, wake up. I don't get it. Then next time, don't invent a snooze button. It's dumb. It's and dumb. I'll just like, sleep through it instead. Forget it. But why would he, like, why would you want to, I don't know, I, I really don't understand the snooze button. Like, I really don't get it. Set the alarm for when you want to wake wow. up, when the alarm goes off, get up. Here's, here's what I don't understand. I don't understand a team that shouldn't need wake-up calls to talk about using a wake-up call. Seattle just scored, by the way. <laughs> Seattle just, what? Will Disley just scored on a touchdown pass from Geno Smith. <laughs> I want Geno to go into Russ's wow. face and just start talking. It's 38-yard touchdown wow. catch from Geno Smith to Will Disley. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, Seattle is up 7 nothing. We're going to come into work tomorrow, and Seattle's going to be first place in the NFC West. Oh, my God. Geno Smith threw a touch. Look, yes. hey, look how wide open Will Disley is, too. They, you won't see it on this replay. Avoided the There's sack. Oh, yeah, nobody nobody within 15 running. yards of him. Yeah, they thought that, uh, that uh, Geno Smith was running. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the point. Uh, Can I play a soundbite for you guys that I found Ridiculous. This is a cliff when asked if uh, anything good can be pulled from this loss. In there with him rolling like a well oiled machine, and we look like preseason game number one for whatever reason, and got to be better and expect to make a big jump going into week two. Yeah, he I, says no at the beginning, but he says basically, we looked like it was preseason game one out there, and I don't know why. Well, I, I mean, it was preseason it, game one. They didn't play any preseason exactly, games. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't play and, any preseason games. Somebody game, even tweeted why. out that quote, and like, are you really sure that's what you want to say here? Because the, the, the retort is very obvious. It's, you didn't play preseason game. Of course it looked like preseason uh, game number one. 
one. You didn't play any preseason games. I think a lot of that had to do with the criticism that came about the collapses in the second half of the season. I totally agree. And so, okay, what can we do to not collapse in the second half of the Well, let's rest our guys earlier so we don't wear them out because maybe they're getting worn out by the time we get to, you know, the end of November. Okay, so we'll we'll take it easy in training camp. Well, okay, did you guys forget that there's a first half of the season to play too? <laughs> so I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the, you know, the philosophy was let's not wear our guys out and then you come out of the gates and you, you you're just not ready to play. Yeah, so this idea that they that oh, well, we're okay, you got our attention. Oh, all right, NFL, we're awake now. Man, last year's collapse wasn't enough. Last year's playoff loss to the Rams wasn't enough. Those humiliating losses last year wasn't you, you still require wake-up calls to let you know that the season is underway. Newsflash, the season is underway. It's it's go now. Start play win. Do I mean no more wake up calls. No more alarms. No more man. If that's if that's what you need, if something like this to get your attention, oh, we should really start taking this seriously now. Come on, man. Come on. I, I, I to me. The bigger issue, really, is with how bad the defense played yesterday. We talked about it a lot. They should have seen this coming because roster construction-wise, <sighs> what you tell me, you're surprised that your secondary didn't play well. You no, didn't devote no, we that were, many resources to it. Three months, we've been saying the same you, thing. You're surprised you didn't get much of a pass no. rush. You didn't devote very many resources to it in the off season. I mean, this, this shouldn't really surprise no. anybody from a roster construction standpoint. No, we've been for three months. We've been questioning, criticizing the the lack of 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 uh, quality veteran uh, depth and play at cornerback and at edge rusher. Now they went young and, you know, Majai Sanders and Cameron Thomas and Victor Demukeji. And, you know, I, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, like, I understand in some ways why they want to play those guys. Um, they, they draft two guys that are pass rushers, but they got nothing out of that yesterday. It was a concern. I mean, it's a concern. They don't have a proven pass rusher outside of Marcus Golden. And then you look at the cornerback spot. And yes, they tried to address that with the addition of Jeff Gladney and an unfortunate tragic incident where he lost his life. But after, even after that, they they weren't able. They looked at Robert Alford. He didn't want to play. They looked at Kevin King. It, that didn't work out. They ended up getting Trayvon Mullen, but he wasn't ready to play in week one. They added Guidry uh, on a waiver claim from the Jets, but then they've already let him go. So, you know, that was definitely something that we've been for three months. We've been talking about. This. Yeah, we have. And uh, and we'll see, as you mentioned earlier in the show, starting this week, you can start to sign guys on contracts and they're not guaranteed. Right. A, a lot of teams will wait until after week one before they sign what's left out there because they're not on guaranteed contracts. I will be very curious to see how active the Cardinals are this week. Now, we can make an argument that it's not going to do them much good because those players are available for a reason, and even if you do sign them, it's going to take them a couple weeks to acclimate themselves. But it's very obvious that defensively, there's just not enough on the roster. There's just not enough, and I want to know how busy they're going to be this week in signing guys. Will they be busy? Will they add guys? Will they take advantage of the fact that the salaries aren't guaranteed? Or are they just going to go status quo this week yeah, and, and G- see what they've got? Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominick Sue. There are veteran guys that have had a decent track record in the past. I mean, I like Sue. I mean, he plays every game. He play, like. I mean, I think you need to. I mean, I don't know how much those guys could help, but I think you got to do something. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Cardinals dealing with a lot of injuries, and they had high praise for the rookies drafted this year, and yet none of them played. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Love you, bro. Love you. Love you. Let's be the best. Let's be the best.
Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. So now one of the questions for the Cardinals moving forward, and there are many after that bludgeoning yesterday at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs 44-21. One of the questions that we now move forward with are the injuries. And again, not blaming what happened yesterday on the injuries. Um, because Kansas City's good and the Cardinals have some work to do. But obviously the Cardinals were missing a lot of guys. And we knew it the minute we came into work on Friday and we saw that Rondell Moore was out. And we saw that injury report. And we saw the number of guys that were out, the number of guys that were questionable, we knew they were in trouble in that regard. Then, as you pointed out, we saw the moves made over the weekend. Saturday's moves. Cody Ford being put on injured reserve and it's some like of the five other... five or six moves. Right. The call-ups and the move-downs and things like that. Yeah. And then Max Garcia was on the Giants practice squad on Saturday morning, and he's playing in the Cardinals game on Sunday. So now one of the big questions is when do they start to get their guys back? Cliff Kingsbury with Wolf and Luke today. Yeah, within the next month, I, I feel like, you know, some of those guys that are on that um, injured reserve list that will come off after after week four, um, some, some starters there. You know, Rondell would be great to have back. Justin Pugh would be great. J.J. and uh, definitely provide some stability at some positions that, that we need help at. Yeah, and some of those injured reserve guys like Cody Ford, he's on the injured reserve. Antoine Wesley, there are others, of course. Uh, Antonio Hamilton is on that list as well. Those guys are, are further along um, in terms of when they're going to come back, specifically with some of the players and when they're going to get back. Here's Cliff with the media today on Rondell Moore. I think it's pretty much day-to-day at this point, but a guy like him that you know does that much running, we've got to be really smart with him. Okay, that to me is cautionary. Yeah. Yeah, cautionary. Yeah, a guy like that who does that much running, we have to be smart with him. Yeah, of course. JJ yeah. Watts day to day. We'll get him out Wednesday and then see, and hopefully he can give us something this week. Justin Pugh still day to day. We got to uh, get through the next couple of days, and Wednesday hopefully he can do something, and um, we'll see if we can get him going. But don't know. He's got, got to see how he responds on uh, Wednesday at practice. And no one's going to sit here and blame the loss on the left guard or the backup left guard or the backup backup left guard. But understand, when you go into a game, any game, and your starting left guard is out, and the backup left guard that you traded for just a week and a half ago is out, it's going to screw some things up on the offensive line. Sean Harlow did not play well in that game yesterday. No, it was terrible. Didn't all. he rate as like the worst offensive lineman on the Cardinals? Believe so. Yes. Yeah, he he didn't rate he didn't rate very well. And the other point, you brought this up, and it's a it's a really good point. Uh, Your starting center, he didn't play well either. He didn't play well. Like, and he needs to play well. Yeah. yeah. Like, he and, needs to play well. And in some ways, that's almost more concerning than what's going on at left guard. Because eventually you'll get Cody Ford back. Eventually you get Justin Pugh back. Maybe you even get Justin Pugh back this week. Rodney Hudson, and, and I don't normally pay a ton of attention to the offensive line. I don't really look at that until later. I really noticed yesterday during the game that Rodney Hudson was not playing very well. And, and you know me, when we had this thought in this conversation when he decided not to retire and come back, it was okay, I'm glad he's back. 
Curdles needed him. I hope he's all the way back. Like, I hope his heart is 100% into this decision if he was really contemplating not playing. It's fair for that to cross your mind. Here's a guy that contemplated retirement. He was out for a while. You didn't know what was going to happen. Then he comes back and he doesn't play well in week one. It's fair to say, like, I really just, I really hope he's, like, he's into this. It's not that he's not back because if he would have retired, he would have to pay back a lot of money. He didn't want to do that. I hope he's back because he wants to play. Because he's a great player. Like, he is, Rodney Hudson is a great football players, one of the best centers in this league. Um, but they need him. Like, they need him to be one of the best centers in this league for them to be successful. Like, they don't really have a great backup center. Like, they they almost drafted a backup center a couple times in this draft. They were looking at centers because they want the replacement for him. Uh, but he came back. Now he's got to play well. The other thing about yesterday, okay, we, we knew about the injuries. We knew about the guys that weren't going to play. We knew about Rondale, and we knew about JJ, and we knew about all of that stuff. Man, when that injury report came out when that not injury report when that inactive list came out before the game and Trey McBride's name was on it and Myjay Sanders' name was on it and it was like wait what yeah two, two of your, of your top draft picks. three draft picks aren't right. going to play are healthy scratches mm-hmm. in a game where you're missing a whole bunch of guys right two of your top 100 players from the draft last year in the NFL and neither one are ready to play in a game like this. I know Trey McBride missed a bunch of time in the preseason. I get it. He was hurt, but man. Yeah, and we've already like... You you really want the Cardinals to have a draft where their guys play like them like a bunch of their guys play because right you know look Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins they played a lot in the game yesterday good that's a good thing they both played a lot that's good but you want to come out of the gates with some of your guys and two of your top three guys didn't play a whole lot and I was even just looking at snap counts you know today just Daryl Williams the you know the thousand yard guy from the Chiefs no snaps on offense fifteen on special teams. No snaps on offense. So that you start to look at some of these things. Okay, like, all right, I, I get it um, to a certain extent. But you want to see some of these guys that you're adding have an impact. And we just, yeah. you, you didn't see a whole lot of that. I'm looking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the snap counts myself right now. Eno Benjamin was basically your backup running back. He was out there like 34% of the time. Um, Defensively, like you said, Zayvon Collins played 96% of the time. Isaiah Simmons was out there 87% of the time. Even a guy like Devon Kennard was out there 50% of the time. I'm surprised Dennis Gardeck was only out there 29% of the snaps. I actually thought he played pretty well yesterday. Yeah, and I think he rated out as the best, as the best uh, defensive player for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, be- I, I believe you're right. So it's, it, you know, then you look across the field, you, Trent McDuffie got hurt, but I think George Karloft has played a decent amount yesterday for the Kansas City Chiefs. And certainly, it's just it's another one of these. You know, we, we question the draft and we question the talent they get out of the draft and the depth they get out of the draft and how it's just never really been up to snuff the last few years, right? And how long it takes these guys to develop. And yeah, Zaven and Isaiah played a lot yesterday. It's very debatable whether those guys played well yesterday when the time that they were out there. Yeah, I mean, like Zaven. Zavin played 96% of the yeah, snaps or something like and that. And I want to go back and look. I know what Pro Football Focus rated him as, and it wasn't very good. I'd kind of like to go back with my own eyes and just watch Zavin to see how he did, because I wasn't paying that much attention to him. Isaiah Simmons, man, that was rough. That was 
rough. And it's going to be... It's a tough matchup against Travis Kelsey. Sure is. And it's a tough matchup for anybody. He's a guy. He's going to have Darren Waller next week. He's good, too. He had a decent day yesterday for the Raiders. But presumably, it's going to free him up a little bit. I hope he has a bounce-back game. Because I tell you what, I saw way too much yesterday. I saw the back of Isaiah Simmons' jersey running towards the guy he was supposed to be covering after he had the ball. How many times did we see that? You seven, five, six, several. seven times yesterday. Number, you just saw like, that number nine on the back, just just, just running after the guy the who back. caught the ball. It's like, yeah, oh, another one, another yeah. one. There were a couple times I was watching him. He just got twisted around like a pretzel out there. And uh, he didn't. He didn't grade very well. But I'm, not, you know, I don't know how much people put into the Pro Football Focus grades. I don't put a whole lot. I'm into trying it, but it not gives you to. A little bit yeah. of a gauge into, yeah. you know, listen. He played a lot, and say, what, you want those guys to play a lot. But they need to play good. Like, you know, it's, they did play a lot. But you know, uh, you want Zabin to play, he played. Played like 96% of the snaps. You want Isaiah to play, he played. He played like, you know, just a little bit less than that. Those guys played. Like, they played a whole lot. So, you know, now now you got to make plays. You can, Now, that's a tough game, man. Patrick Holmes is, that's a tough game. You're not going to play, you're not going to play a tougher game than that all year. Would you? Would you agree? That's the toughest game you're going to play all year. In all likelihood, that's the toughest game. That's you're the toughest play this game year. you're going to play. You get that out of the way. I mean, if we want to look, if you if you're looking for a glass half full type of thing, you're not going to play a tougher team than that. You're not. That's the that's the best combination of offense the offensive t- players that you're going to play. Yeah, it's like when I go hiking and you get done with the toughest part of the mountain, and you know, okay, that's done. Yeah, that's done. I mean, it, there'll be other tough parts, but it's not going to be as tough as that. Right. That was the steepest and part of the incline, and now that's done. Yeah. I mean, the Chargers are really good. Like maybe the Chargers because they they looked. They, they look they really look, good. Maybe the really Chargers great. will be, but I still think that that's the toughest matchup you're going to have. Yeah. Tougher than the Bucks, tougher than the Rams. When we come back, the Arizona Diamondbacks are back at Chase Field tonight, facing the team we love to hate the most. That's, and then our final thoughts on yesterday's Cardinals game next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck. Brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com. And by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. Diamondbacks baseball coming up right after us here on the Burns and Gambo Show as they are back home tonight from Chase Field and they are taking on the L.A. Dodgers. Don't pee is... in the pool. <laughs> oh, please don't. Because I guess that they thought that they celebrated, the Dodgers celebrated yesterday thinking they clinched. I read that. The NL uh, West, but they actually did not clinch it yet. There's still a crazy scenario in which they wouldn't, so it could be tonight. They could clinch tonight. Yes. Don't pee in the pool. From Kirk Gibson, one of one of the best moments in the history of the Burns and Gambo show. Kirk Gibson right. giving out the pool etiquette. Yes. <laughs> peeing in the pool is no not cool. No peeing in the pool. <laughs> Don't pee in the pool. Man, that seems like such a it long time it? ago. Yeah. It seems like such, such a long time ago. Diamondbacks are back home. Tonight's pitching matchup. It is brought to you by Native Interiors. Your floors, your way. Text the word floors to 620-620 for more info. That's 620-620 for more info. Text the word floors. Tyler Anderson, the lefty, gets to start for the Diamondbacks. Dodgers 14 and 3, 2.73 ERA so far this year. He's been very, very good. Ryan Nelson gets the start. 
for the Diamondbacks, his second start with the D-backs. Yeah. Of course, his first time out against the San Diego Padres, he was brilliant. Seven scoreless innings, which he gave up four hits, struck out seven, and didn't walk he was, anybody. He was just so great in that game. Absolutely brilliant. So I'm looking forward to watching him pitch again. So many good things going on with some of the some of the minor leaguers that will be up here, you know, probably next year. But see, to get another opportunity to see Ryan Nelson pitch, this will be a big thing. The Dodgers have had a lot of success against the Diamondbacks. You know, uh, they're 9-2 and two against Arizona this season. They're also 5-2 and two against them here in Phoenix. So they, uh, they the, the Diamondbacks did beat them 2 out of 3 in April, but then the Dodgers swept four games from the Diamondbacks in May. Yep, of course we can't talk about the Diamondbacks and preview this game without looking back yesterday at what happened to the Diamondbacks. Winning the final game against the Colorado Rockies of the series, salvaging that series, but more importantly than that, Zach Gallen, the scoreless first inning that he pitched, locked up the record for him. The longest scoreless consecutive scoreless inning streak in the history of the Diamondbacks, and now the seventh longest in Major League Baseball belongs to Zach Gallen after his performance it, yesterday. It was just a tremendous accomplishment. When you, you know, when you look back and you see the things that he did, some of the numbers really stick out. Opposing batters hit 114 against them during the streak. They had 16 hits at 140 at-bats. Opposing hitters had an on-base plus slug, slugging against him of only 291. 52. The number of batters he struck out during the streak, 52. That's a 10.56 strikeouts per nine innings or a 36.2% strikeout rate for those counting at home. But some of the numbers were pretty remarkable during that streak. So he had not given up a run since August 2nd against Cleveland until he gave up that run yesterday against Colorado. Truly remarkable. Yeah, it was. He now has, as I mentioned, the seventh longest consecutive scoreless inning streak in the history of Major League Baseball. Guys in front of him include Zach Greinke, Bob Gibson, Don Drysdale, Don Drysdale and of course, Oral Hershiser, who has the record at 59 innings. Uh, it would have Zach Gallen finished with 44 and a third, so he still had a couple three games to go if he was going to catch Oral, and it, it happened yesterday in the fourth inning that game, kind of a shift beating single, and then a little bit of a bloop by Daza, and then C.J. Crone, yeah. who he'd struck out in the first inning to yep. set, set the, the record. franchise record, ended up getting the RBI single pass Walker in the right field that broke the scoreless streak. So congratulations to Zach. Well earned, yeah. and it was great to see him set that record. He was very complimentary about Brandon Webb. I know you were watching the game yesterday. I was watching the game. They cut to Webby at Chase Field, so he could congratulate him. It was a really nice moment all around. Yeah, it was. It was. And now the He's not going to pitch against the Dodgers here, uh, but I, I do hope the next time Zach Allen has a home start that the fans will go out and give him a good round of applause. Yeah, he deserves it. Absolutely. So that game coming up tonight at 640. On the Farm, brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. All of the minor league affiliates for the Diamondbacks not in action tonight, but I do want to pass this along because this also happened yesterday. We're not anticipating a call-up. You've reported that on a couple of occasions. But Reno right-handed pitcher Brandon Fatt continues to make a real serious run at next year's rotation. Struck out 11 batters over eight innings yesterday for Reno. He has a 2.52 ERA in eight starts with Reno. He's 4-0 and with that 2.52 ERA. Reno is, in the PCH in general, is notoriously a very difficult place for pitchers to do well. And he has yeah. done very well. He is not going to get called up this year. And a simple reason being is that they'd have to add him to the 40-man roster. And by adding him
getting him to the 40-man roster. They'd have to take somebody off of the 40-man roster and expose them. So it's it's not going to happen for him this year. I was hopeful uh, that he would, but he also has not had a lot of starts at that level. So I expect that he's a next-year guy. Yep, but he is doing very, very well and very. certainly somebody worth talking about for next year. The MLB standings, and they are brought to you, they are driven, I should say, by Trucks Only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the Lifetime Engine Warranty. Diamondbacks open up this game 10 games out of the final wild card spot in the National League. Things starting to take a little bit of shape there. The Atlanta Braves lead with the first spot in the wild card rankings. Philly is number two. The Padres right now would be the last team to get in in the National League. The Brewers, as it stands right now, two games back of the final wild card spot in the National League. In the American League, Tampa Bay's got the first spot. Seattle's got the second Toronto's got the third spot, and then there's a big gap of five and a half yeah. games before you get to the, the Orioles, Orioles. Are not going to get there. Yep, the Orioles are. They, they were making a, great a push. Season. They yeah. had a great season. They were making a yeah. push, absolutely. But they are five and a half games behind the Blue Jays for the last wild card spot in the American League, and of course the division leaders: the Yankees in the AL East, the Guardians in the AL Central, the Astros in the AL West, the Mets, the St. Louis Cardinals, and of course tonight's opponent, the Dodgers, in the. Link West. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Feedback's keys to the game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. You know, on June 28th, Justin Turner was batting 217. But in his last 44 games, he's hitting 371. That's after a two-home run game Sunday, which included his second career Grand Slam. So he is on a tear. you got to watch out for Justin Turner. All right, game starts at 640. You'll hear it right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. And don't forget, tomorrow at 2.30, we'll get a chance to visit with the manager of the Diamondbacks. Troy Lavella will join us for his weekly visit. That's going to do it for Diamondbacks on Deck. You've been listening to D-Backs on Deck. Brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72Sold.com. And by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. It's the Burns and Gambo two-minute warning. Final thoughts on yesterday's Cardinals game. New feature that we're adding to the Burns and Gambo show. We're going to end every single show after a Cardinals game with our final thoughts on the game. We've got two minutes to wrap it up. Gambo, you want me to start or you want to start with your final thoughts on the Cardinals I'll game? I'll let you start it. Go ahead. I got I'm a bunch of angles here, but I'll let you start I'm it. I'm going to start with that Arizona Cardinals defense, which was so brutally bad yesterday, and the pressure that they are now putting on the Cardinals offense. I don't see things getting a whole lot better with that Cardinals defense. I think they'll get a little bit better. I think guys will improve, but the players who are hurt that are coming back outside of J.J. Watt aren't going to make a dramatic improvement to this team. I think the onus and the pressure is on Kyla Murray and that offense to put up points and put up points big time. Otherwise, this season is going to get sideways in a hurry. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cliff and Kime. That was a terrible game plan by Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, who comes up with an idea to blitz 
Patrick Mahomes more than 50% of the time. It doesn't It doesn't work. Nobody blitzes Patrick Mahomes because he kills the blitz. Maybe the homework clause should have been for Cliff and for Steve. Look, the issues weren't addressed. The pass rush, the cornerback spot. The Raiders, they just brought in Gidry. The Raiders actually are bringing in a, a player this week to try out at cornerback. You got to go out there and look. Maybe it's maybe it's Robert Alford. Maybe it's Indomitian Sue. Maybe it's Jason Pierre-Paul. But you got to do some more work. This roster is not ready. Those are my angles. All right, there you go. That is your two-minute warning here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Plenty more conversation about the Cardinals. We'll start our look ahead to the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll look back at week one of the NFL and talk about the games that we didn't get a chance to talk about. That's call coming up on tomorrow's show. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow at straight up 2 o'clock. Have a great night, everyone.